Welcome to Nerds of the Round Table, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Dwayne. And I'm Sammy. And as you'll notice today, Jamie is not with us. We uh, are having um, trouble tracking him down. Sam, what seems to be going on? I think is there is there something happening with him? Uh, for, from the best I could tell, there were some um, very uh, severe charges brought against him, possibly for some slander allegations. Uh, okay. The indoor committee for the Equal Protection of Ewoks got wind of some of his comments about uh, those furry for forest creatures, and uh, I think he may be up kind of there facing and kind of figuring out what's going on. So okay, so the NEEE ECP, the uh, National Association of Ewoks uh, <laughs> Equal Protection <laughs> Agency, uh, is after him. So this isn't even a federal court order. This is a galactic. Yeah, th this is galactic. Imperial so. court order. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> uh, Jamie had uh, Jamie had some things he couldn't break free from this weekend. So you are stuck with. Uh, me, Dwayne, and Sam. So uh, we right. are going to tackle this news without uh, the the dulcet tones of of Jamie. One thing I will tell you, Sam, you're probably going to be a little bit on your own with the Doctor Who and comic news, oh, but okay. I'll be here with you for the rest of it. Okay. <laughs> okay, you got it. <laughs> so looks like we have a pretty interesting list of items to get to. So let's run to the newsroom. And break this headline news. And welcome back to our headline news. Sam, there's a lots of news bouncing around with casting, with trailers, all of this news with Disney Plus. But one thing I saw this week that really got me excited Harrison Ford is back in action on the big screen yeah, uh, no coming way. up in Hall of the Wild the classic book and this looks like so much fun and he doesn't look like he's dialing it in he doesn't look like he's phoning it in it looks like he's really showed up to work well you know Harrison's kind of an outdoorsy person anyway so I think this role really suits him well you know, when you think about, you know, Jack London's novel, I mean, you think about kind of what that is kind of going to entail. I think that kind of fits with his personality, especially now as he's gotten older, he kind of lives on the farm type yeah. of situation. I think this works really well. Yeah, well, I'm sure they've taken his pilot's license with the, the near crashes he's had. <laughs> uh, a few issues there. And, uh, you know, he is, you see, he's got the beard. He's got the gruff. He's got the gruff happening. So he, uh, I'm really super excited to, to visit this when it comes to theaters. Yeah, uh, I think right now it's got a February 21st uh, release date on this, which is really funny because you know a few news episodes ago we talked and Jamie was all excited about Bloodshot, so it's actually mm -hmm. opening up against Vin Diesel's Bloodshot. So I'm going to be interested to see uh, 
who wins this little arm wrestling match. Yeah, how that fares. Uh, well, that's going to be a great uh, back-to-back. And, you know, two movies not in the same genre. Exactly. But with but with with great, looks like, star power and a great history of story between both of them. Yeah, so and, you that, know, with, with Call of the Wild, you know, as far as um, kind of other actors, you know, you're also going to get Karen Gillan in here, who was Nebula mm-hmm. in the Avengers movies. Uh, and and also one of the companions. Yes, she was Amelia Pond, one of the companions of the 11th Doctor. Uh, you've got Dan Stevens, who will be in this, um, who was the Beast in Beauty and the Beast, and he was in um, Downton Abbey and all that. And then Bradley Whitford. So I think he'll make an interesting kind of uh, kind of foil type of character maybe there. I don't really know what each of them, who each of them are playing or whatnot, but uh, I did see them on the cast list. Yeah, so that is something I definitely want to keep my eyes on. Speaking of casting, I know there's been a lot of shade thrown toward Robert Pattinson um, <laughs> in his Batman casting rumors, of, which is now not a rumor. It's kind of, a, kind of you know, getting more set in stone. And I've heard some very interesting news that uh, he's recently in a movie he's in some people are getting excited about his portrayal of Batman, but you know, this Batman movie by Matt Reeves is looking more and more interesting to me because I'm seeing some of the casting here. You have Selena, Kyle Catwoman being portrayed by Zoe Kravitz. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite characters, the riddle and a phenomenal actor in Paul Dano. Correct. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Andy Serkis? Yes. Alfred Pennywise? <laughs> yeah, interested to see what, how, what he's going to do as Alfred. Yeah, um, Colin Farrell is the penguin. A little strange there, but uh, going to be a neat take. Um, I've also heard a rumor of Matthew McConaughey could possibly be face Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon, uh, which I'm really excited about that one. I'm a big fan of his. And uh, Sam, you were telling me some things broke just before we we pressed the record button. Yeah, just before we started recording, uh, Matt Reeves confirmed that uh, mob boss Carmine Falcone will be played by none other than John Turturro. So I think that's going to be really cool. Transformers, of Transformers, and Oh Brother, Where Art Thou fame. Oh, yes. And and, uh, a great director. John Turturro in, in his own right, and uh, if I may say so, I played uh, Jesus in The Big Lebowski. <laughs> A big fan there. So uh, this movie, it, it just just keeps looking better and better to me, and I'm, uh, I'm I'm excited to see where they take, especially the Riddler. Uh, I was, yeah. I've always wanted to see him in a modern take on the Batman character. I agree. And, you know, with, with all of these characters, you've got to wonder what kind of story Matt Reeves is going to tell. I mean, if you've got all of this star power, all of these villains, you know, mm-hmm. how much screen time are they really going to get each? You know, yeah. and I think that's something that we've got to, you know, kind of wonder where the story will go. Yeah, it's going to have to be a pretty deep movie to, you know, to give each one of these guys some flex power. Yeah, know, it could be, you know, a, a situation with, with Harvey Dent and Two-Face, you know, like Billy D in the Michael Keaton turn. 
you know, he just establishes the character of Harvey Dent, you know, and he never got to portray Two-Face until we had the Lego Batman movie and he voiced Two-Face. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we, we got yeah, Billy so. D. Teased and then we got Tommy Lee as uh, Tommy Lee Jones as our actual Two-Face. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, playing playing against Jim Carrey's Riddler, which was which they were both trying to out out show each other there. Yeah. But I think you know this is a phenomenal cast, uh, especially with Paul Dano, you know, in that role of the Riddler. Um, if you've not seen him in anything, I mean, he had a phenomenal role. I'm I'm most familiar with him from Love and Mercy, the uh, the Brian Wilson story. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played young Brian Wilson opposite uh, John Cusack's old Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys. And kind of telling a life story there, and also uh, had a really intense role in uh, in uh, There Will Be Blood. Yes. Uh, with the uh, was it Daniel Day Lewis? Correct. Yeah, some great actors there. Some so I mean, you, it, it's a good lineup, and and I think it's it's a very different way to approach a Batman film, and I and I'm looking forward to that because I think we do need to shake up uh, what's happening. You know, and and kind of maybe a, a classical way that we approach the Batman character. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, yeah, we definitely want to keep our eyes on the Batman. So you know, we've got all those villains teaming up in Batman, but uh, we've got another big team up coming down the pot. Um, you know, we've joked about Disney Plus trying to kill Netflix in a year. Well. Mm-hmm. Netflix is making a move, and they're bringing Nickelodeon on board with this. So is this going to be enough of a powerhouse to compete with Disney Plus and HBO Max? Yeah, definitely. I saw some numbers today uh, Disney only has, you know, 15% of Netflix's library, and one of my friends commented, you know, quality over quantity. Uh, uh, different things and, and you do have you know the marvel you have pixar you have all of the uh you know now the fox shows the simpsons on disney plus and disney pulled everything from netflix i noticed that uh, very early on when i was flipping on for the kids and i'm like oh there's just a large chunk uh, or a library that's just not there any longer <laughs> There's something missing, right? Yeah, there's something missing, and it's it's all the Star Wars and Marvel and Fox uh, things, but you know Netflix is really um, you know being a behemoth with even before streaming when you would order the single or three discs at a time to be shipped to your home. And, yes. and the thing is, no more late fees. You know, you remember that, I'm sure. Exactly. And you, you wash them and then, and then send them back, you know, after so long. But it's really neat, though, Netflix expanding its library and potential series and movies with Nickelodeon uh, because, I mean, you've got some great things there. I mean, you go back to uh, what you like to SpongeBob. You can get, and I think you even said a, a Squidward spinoff was going exactly. on. You have all the Rugrats. Um, you know, you make these classic shows that uh, well, you know, a lot of people want to get these Remember Berries out for. You know, they want to get this nostalgia trips on, like, you know, just a lot like what's going on now with, with everything else. Yeah, so definitely. I think this is kind of a smart move because instead of Nickelodeon saying, well, we're going to go do our own streaming service like everyone else is, HBO, uh, CBS, all these other guys, you know, and they're, they're teaming up with a pre-existing company to make something unique, hopefully. 
Yeah, definitely. And, you know, eat with, with those properties with Nickelodeon, you know, that also brings in, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, I uh, forgot about that. Which, you know, has a huge following. So, I mean, you've got, you know, numerous generations of Turtles fans that, that this could definitely bring them in. Yes, entirely. So I'm really excited what they're going to do there. Uh, with Nickelodeon, I just hope you know, like with the uh, with the series and, and the shows, uh, Netflix maybe stretches out towards some game shows, maybe with a resurgence of Double Dare. Oh, that'd be great, wouldn't it? I would love, <laughs> I would love to see Double Dare come back. So. You know, a, a big comeback of Double Dare. So that's that's it. that's on the wish list. Sam, I think this next one is right up your alley. <laughs> Just a little cue, bit. Cue the YouTube music. <laughs> so after uh, our last news episode, you know, I was talking about how the BBC has been teasing us since October 31st, essentially, about the new series of Doctor Who. And we finally got some information. Um, series 12 will debut on New Year's Day 2020 with actually part one of a two-part story. The second part will wow. be January 4th. And uh, the showrunner has guaranteed this is the most exciting episode of Doctor Who in its history. And that's so, a big history. <laughs> very much so. Um <laughs> So, you know, as of the time that when you, when, you know, our audience is listening to this, uh, you know, Doctor Who Day will have already passed. That's November 23rd. And we should have an official trailer on that date also dropped. So if oh, that's something wow. you're interested in or audience is interested in, you know, if you've not checked out that trailer by the time you're listening to this episode, you know, give it a listen. Let's see what kind of happens with uh, Chris Chibnall and Jodie Whittaker's second run at the Doctor. Yeah, this will be her second season as Doctor, correct? Correct. Okay. And we've not I, seen her since New Year's Day of last year. So Oh, it, oh well, has it been that long? It's been one year since we've seen Jody on screen, so Wow. Well, I'm excited she's coming back for a second season. I know there was uh, uh, some concerns and a lot of excitement with the introduction of female doctor. And I wasn't aware that we hadn't seen her since New Year's Day last year. I knew there was a gap. Um, I was, I, I had uh, initially thought, Sam, that the doctor changed every season, but do so will they stretch you know like an overarching you know or you know just one doctor story over multiple seasons and what's the length of that have has possibly went to you know usually um you know there's kind of a, a history of an actor staying for about three seasons okay, um, sure. with the exception of a couple historically you know tom baker stayed about seven seasons <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, you're, so, I mean, and I guess that's why, you know, he probably is, especially with our generation, probably the doctor that most people know because he was just there for so long. Um, and that was the one that we saw all the, the repeats on PBS growing up. So, yeah. but, uh, you know, other than Tom, you know, most of the actors have stayed about three seasons. Uh, Matt Smith, uh, the only one in the new series that did not was, uh, Christopher Eccleston. He was just one season. Uh, and then that's when David Tennant came in. 
So. Well, very interesting for all you Doctor Who fans. And I'm going to have to eventually take the deep dive into here because I do remember, you know, the Tom Baker's Doctor, uh, even as far back, you know, as black and white episodes, uh, you know, going into color episodes Mm -hmm. on on the TV as as a youngster. And I'll tell you a funny little story before we move on. Tom Baker had the curly hair. Mm Mm-hmm. And this scarf. Well, someone else who had kind of curly hair was, you know, Roger Daltrey, the singer for the Who. Right. So I would, as as a very very young youngster, I would get the Who and Doctor Who kind of crossed up from time to time. I'm like, what? what? But you know, that's <laughs> that's funny because I have a, I have a mashup T-shirt that's the Who logo, but it's Doctor Who. It's <laughs> great. That's great. Well, since we've touched on a little bit of music, Sam, are you ready for the speed round of our roundtable rewind? We are ready, sir. All right, we're back, and um, we're ready to kind of go into roundtable rewind. And I know this was supposed to be kind of our uh, kind of speed round, as Dwayne said before the break. Uh, but sometimes we we still get a little long winded in this one. So. <laughs> we talk, yeah. Let's not let's not fool anyone. We talk just as long about these items as we do our headline news. That's so. right. Yeah. So uh, you know, we had mentioned a couple things with Disney Plus, and and you know, there's just so much content coming on there that that kind of functions within our nerdverse. And one of those things is, you know, the addition of these Marvel properties. You know, we talked about Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, now we're getting some information on WandaVision. And this is that, you know, Scarlet Witch uh, and Vision television show we were promised. And they're going a really interesting way with this. Dwayne, what what did uh, – I think Jamie put this one on the, on the list, but what did uh, – what did we find out about this one? Well, this, like any classic sitcom, will be for- filmed at least partially in front of a live studio audience. <clears throat> now, I just can't wait to see what the living room set, you know, is going to look like, you know, in, <laughs> in the kitchen section of it. Because, you know, just like the Cosby Show, just like Family Ties. All in the Family, you know, Facts of Life, all of these great sitcoms filmed before these live studio audiences, you have essentially, you know, an, an open view on a living room, den, you know, whatever. So there's a right. couch, there's a, you know, uh, I guess the studio audience could possibly be, you know, where the TV would be, uh, you know, in tables, the, the, the fireplace wall, perhaps. And then sometimes I was always excited with the Huxtables when they would bleed over into the kitchen, you know, because there was, you know, actually some other action going on aside from them just, you know, sitting around the couch or running through, you know, having these interactions. Right. Uh, so this is going to be really interesting uh, a take on the Wanda and Vision relationship, uh, you know, because what we've seen of them in the, you know, cinematic universe has been very stressful has been very much you know crisis you know on the run you know they're in battles 
I think we see them, you know, very briefly, you know, in one of the apartments in the Avengers complex and visions, right. you know, freaking her out, walking through the walls and stuff. And, uh, you know, he's trying to, you know, wear the button down shirt with the sweater over top, you know, and uh, <laughs> you know, kind of, kind of, uh, you know, just, you know, boyfriendy. And uh, then, you know, they're going to juxtapose that with these epic superhero action sequences. Yes. So, I mean, are they going to fight crime so the so the pizza delivery man can get there on time? <laughs> are they going to, you know, have have you know what what I, I'm just trying to think of the things. But you know what's got me most excited for this is the laugh, you know, the the, the laugh lot. Or the applause. Oh, I, hope, I so hope we have the laugh track. I really with do. Studio audience, you know, <laughs> laughing there while they're while they're having the interactions, and how awkward it's going to be if they do nothing for these action sequences. If there's a little funny section, because they do interpose humor in to their action quite a bit. So yes. if you're having these jokes, you know, and you have this studio audience, either the canned laugh or the live studio audience, like, ha, 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 ha. And then there's a joke in a fight or something, you know, amazing happens. Are we going to have the audience gasp? Are we going to have a, a, a canned laugh track in there, you know, to kind of even it out? Or are right. we going to have, you know, two different shows much like we had with our flash gordon review you know was this you know some of the some of the crew was filming a comedy some of the few crew was filming a serious movie and they just put the two together you know the only thing sammy that could make this better could possibly be a queen soundtrack <laughs> <laughs> well you know um one thing that I'm, I was looking as I was researching this, you know, just on, on one division in general is, you know, in the comics, they played this up, this up, this idea of somehow Vision and Scarlet Witch had children and they've cast twin eight year old boys in this. And I don't know if, you know, how that's going to be incorporated, how they're going to kind of get into that. But it just adds to that sitcom feel, doesn't it? You know, <laughs> kind of, honey, yeah. I'm home. Kind of I mean, are they already bringing in the cute kid before the before the you know the slouch of the fifth season? <laughs> All I know is at the end of every episode, I want to hear. And one division was filmed in front of a live television studio audience. So. <laughs> and speaking of Marvel and Disney Plus. <laughs> There's some. They're tackling three of their new um, of their new f titles, kind of interestingly. I'm not quite sure how I feel about this because Miss um, Marvel, She-Hulk, and Moon Knight are going to have a run on Disney Plus, and then are going to have a theatrical movie release. Correct. Um, you know, and I think this is coming directly down to when we talked about Kevin Feige and as the chief creative officer now and kind of has his hands on more of the, the Marvel entity itself, both television and movies. I think that's where this is coming from. You know, before the movie side was handled by Jeff Loeb and then Kevin Feige was the MCU as far as the movies. And mm -hmm. now with Feige in kind of in that place to interplay i'm wondering if they're going to use disney plus almost like a launching pad 
kind of its own tryout to determine what, you know, which characters to go forward with, you know, past phase four, whether it be in phase five or phase six, you know, if they continue with that kind of discussion and that kind of, I guess, that vocabulary with Marvel's cinematic universe. Yeah, I mean, I can... I can almost see Miss Marvel. I know she's kind of a uh, of a side character there. Uh, Moon Knight is seems to be very rich in possibilities, but I mean, how far can you go with She-Hulk as far as a series and then a larger character in a movie? Well, what I'm guessing is I know in the past both Miss Marvel and She-Hulk have been members of the Avengers. So I'm wondering if there's maybe a new Avengers movie down the road hmm. where those characters could be brought in. Now, Moon Knight is usually more of the kind of like Marvel's Batman. So he's usually more of a lone character, but they right. may try to work that in also. You just never know. Well, that's very interesting. Um, <clears throat> yeah, they could uh, potentially, you know, introduce these characters and then do maybe a team up movie. Right. Um, instead of you know instead of each one of those are individual movies that would make a bit more sense uh, you know film wise because how much of an audience you know would a would a Miss Marvel or She Hulk movie gather on their own but like you said you you gather them up with maybe some of the other Avengers down in the fourth and fifth uh, generations here and uh, you, you could you know have a rich story a rich story but you have Moon Knight uh, <clears throat> I think could work because he could have some small around his area, uh, you know, adventures, and then maybe something a larger, uh, encapsulating a little bit more of the cinematic side of things. Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> well, that's almost enough Marvel talk for this show. I think we have one more Marvel thing, but before that, Sam, Black Adam. Yeah, let, let, let's interject a little bit of DC into this. Um, so Dwayne Johnson, the rock himself, has been trying to get this movie made for somewhere around 10 years, probably, with numerous <laughs> starts, delays. But now we have a release date, December 21st, 2021. Uh, we got, he tweets this out. There's this beautiful portrait of Black Adam rendered by, you know, Jim Lee, it's, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. You know, they alluded to a little bit of that character just a touch in Zachary Levi's Shazam movie. So I mm -hmm. think it's time maybe to bring Black Adam and finally get him on the screen. Yeah. And uh, I was really had an unexpected um, liking for Shazam. I was not expecting to get into that at all. Um, I gave it a shot on the, on your and Jamie's uh you know, urging there, and and it was just a ton of fun. And it was. yeah, they, they kind of hinted at this Black Adam character. So if they can keep the tone of that going, you know, and the momentum with that, and and you know the the first Wonder Woman, I know there's a lot of questions about this new Wonder Woman, uh, 1985 coming out. But if they can keep that one along, and The Rock, I mean, The Rock right now is turning into one of the most prolific action stars um, of oh, our yeah. time. And, uh, you know, really uh, surprising a lot of people, including myself, uh, you know, when he left the uh, wrestling world to start tackling right. these roles. But, you know, I've 
I've really not seen him. He's been in bad movies, but I've really not seen him be bad in anything. You know? No, you know, no matter what, I think he has fun with everything he does. Um, you know, and I think every part he plays, I mean, like you said, the movie may not be the greatest, but I think he gives it everything he's got and he's entertaining to watch. Um, and, and I think he could do really well with this. You know, he fits the character well. Um, you know, and, and I think it'll definitely play up to that anti-hero type of feel. You know, he was originally a villain uh, when he was first created and what, way back in 1945. So as like yeah. a foil for Billy Bats and, and, and Captain Marvel at the time, so or Shazam. But, um, you know, I think they'll, they'll go a different way with this. I think that, um, like I said, that anti-hero type of thing will come in. And then hopefully... You know, that will spin into another Shazam sequel where we'll see, you know, Zachary Levi's character and, you know, The Rock together, you know, in one way or another. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that was kind of where I was uh, concerned, too, uh, hearing about this, because I, I was familiar with the old uh, Black Adam of him being a villain. And I was like, The Rock is really trying to be a villain here. Right. But, you know, just, just as kind of, you know, like you said, almost an anti-hero. He's, mm -hmm. he's you know, not quite doing the right thing, but he ends up doing the right thing. Right. I really think it'll probably go that direction. Well, speaking of supervillains, uh, getting back on a little bit of Marvel news, uh, the Runaways um, are ending with season three. Um, <clears throat> this is a show I've not got into yet because i've been a cable uh, a cord cutter but i'm kind of excited now because i see that they have it on disney plus so this is something i'm definitely going to be diving into after hearing some a, a lot of good things about it but the runaways is ending after their third season and you know i've watched the first season i didn't get a chance to watch the second one um but that's on my list of, of things to watch now that it's all on disney plus um, the first season was pretty good, and it's not one of those that, that you need to know a lot about Marvel or their history. This is kind of its own thing, and I think that mm -hmm. the characters are, are done well. Uh, they're fun characters, um, you know, and I really enjoyed what I watched of it. Uh, what I find funny is they're ending Runaways, but you got to wonder, I mean, will a season four maybe pop up on Disney Plus? But then Hulu, we talked about, is going to have all those other Marvel properties coming in. You know, the Hellstrom series. You know, there's supposedly some animated series coming that are going to be exclusive to Hulu. So, you know, you're wondering, you know, at least I am, you know, you've got Disney Plus, and I know Hulu is part of that family. Uh, so I don't know if they're, they're spreading the wealth, so to speak, or if it's just going to be a situation of these, this is going to be your properties and this, these are the ones we're going to play around with. Right. Um, and it seemed like, you know, they were having kind of a delineation with, you know, some of the more uh, intense or adult content on Hulu and uh, keeping a little bit lighter for the Disney Plus crowd. So uh, it's kind of interesting be. to see where this will land, you know, if it's going to take that turn. Because if I'm not mistaken, I think Sam uh, or not Sam, I think Jamie pitched this to us uh, or to me a while back that uh, you know the Runaways are these kids who would get together every so often. But what they found out was that their parents were supervillains, essentially, and, yes, and caught them 
killing you and caught them essentially you know, just killing someone and so they they take off to try to figure out what's going on here yeah and so like i said it's definitely an interesting take on the marvel property itself so and the, and there's a a pet velociraptor so i mean come on Velociraptor. <laughs> <laughs> well where's chris pratt when you need him. <laughs> oh that's great well speaking of pit velociraptors and chris pratt sam i think it's trelawney time have i said something oh sorry dear boy did you say something he will return tonight oh, sorry tonight he'll betray his friends whose heart with murder shall break free Innocent blood shall be spilt, and servant and master shall be reunited once more. And Chris Pratt and Velociraptors had absolutely nothing to do with Trelawney time, but it seemed like a good enough transition at the time. So here we go. The last time on Trelawney time, uh, we uh, had discussed um, our forecasts for Ford versus Ferrari. Correct. Matt Damon and Matthew McConaughey playing these iconic characters. Uh, Ford building the car to kill the Ferrari. And this is where we uh, come up with the uh, Shelby Cobra uh, developed by Carol Shelby there. Uh, Sam, I'm kind of surprised at this. Uh, Jamie picked a heck of a week to take off. So Jamie was at a 91%. And when I look today, Jamie wins at 92% as of today on Rotten Tomatoes. So of all the days for Jamie to take, not be able to be here, he finally wins one. <laughs> finally wins it for a lot of time. At least we don't have to listen to him, his uh, smug gloating. Um, <laughs> no, uh, we, we give uh, Jamie a hard time, and, but he has notoriously kind of missed the mark with, with the Trelawney's, but now I'm going to tell you, I uh, I really missed it this time with the Ford versus Ferrari. Jamie had 91%. He was only 1% off of Correct. the 92%. Uh, Sam, you had 85%, a lot closer than me. Uh, who I come in at 76%. I was just expecting the critics and the audiences not to latch on to this thing, but it seems like it's getting its due. I'm telling you, I got a chance to see the movie. It is phenomenal. It really is. Oh, you got a chance to watch it. Great. I'm, I'm glad you did. I have not um, had a chance to, to view it yet, but it is definitely on uh, my list of things to keep an eye out for. Uh, either streaming or in the red box or uh, hopefully uh, we can uh, arrange a, a, a date night here sometime pretty soon but uh, Ford versus Ferrari was 92% yeah. now, and honestly this is probably one of my favorite roles that I have seen Christian Bell in honestly him and Matt Damon both do a fantastic job so it and is Josh Lucas once I again said, is a I cut. said that. I said Matt McConaughey earlier, didn't I? I had two face on my. I had two face on my. He had two face on the Christian brain. Yeah. Bell, yeah, Christian Bale. Yes, uh, there is a as Miles, um, the the Ferrari driver. Yes, Ken Miles. So, 
But once again, like I said, though, uh, Josh Lucas once again plays a great putz. (laughs) (laughs) He's getting a bit topcast in that kind of role, I'm afraid. Well, Josh is a good, good actor, but you know that's that that sometimes happens happens with actors, and uh, I'm glad Jamie was able to break out of his role as a putz with the uh, with the twenty times score. Yeah, he, he's so been let's in a see how, so. Let's see how he's going to do next time uh, on twenty time when it comes around in two more weeks when we forecast uh, or when we look at our forecasts for Knives Out, the Ryan Johnson film. And this is really interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Ryan Johnson's Knives Out, starring Daniel Craig, Francis McDermott, Chris Evans, Christopher Plummer, Jamie Lee Curtis, Frank Oz, and quite a few other familiar faces that I didn't take the time to look up. Uh, Michael Shannon is in this. This is great. It looks like so much fun. And Jamie, I I mean, Sam, I think you described it best uh, when you said it was a... It's like Clue for a new generation. You know, that's what it makes me feel like. And I love the movie Clue. And, you know, I don't know how many of our, uh, maybe our audience has seen that. But uh, it's just, you know, and I think this is going to be just as bonkers as that one. And I think, like I said, I think it's going to be so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely can't wait to see this. If you guys have not seen a trailer, um, I, uh, I've seen two trailers out so far. I don't know if they've released any more, but uh, you definitely need to check it out. So Jamie had sent us his score earlier for this, and, and his forecasting an 85% for this thing. So he's going with your score last week. Uh, yes. You predicted 85 So he's going with the 85 um, score on this. Sam, what is your score? You know, I'm going to continue with that 85. I'm, li- I'm going to let it ride. So I'm going to let my uh, my bet ride on 85 again. Ride, Sally, ride, 85. Okay. <laughs> uh, now, I am, uh, I'm going to jump up to a 92%. This All looks right. like so much fun. And I think you have so many characters in here that are just great actors that are so beloved by critics and fans i think that this movie's going to get a lot of attention i think it's going to get a lot of traction so i'm i'm thinking we're going to bounce in the low 90s with this one i think okay. we're going to get there if if not a little higher i'm going 92 percent. all right sounds good we shall see so knives out to film by ryan johnson and we know ryan johnson makes Beautiful movies. Maybe not the best movies, but beautiful movies. <laughs> At least not for Star Wars fans. <laughs> At least not for Star Wars fans. So, well, uh, we do have uh, Chris Evans in here, but he is not reprising his Captain America role, so I think we can maybe dodge a bullet with some uh, fan reaction on that one. <laughs> well, think about it. You, so, you've uh, got, what, 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 Captain America, General Zod, and James Bond all together. <laughs> this this is true. This is true. And I'm going to tell you, Francis McDermott, uh, you know, on the uh, – the the Good Almond series was God. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, so how could you go wrong? You know, <laughs> Good Almonds was great. So. Good, Almonds was, Good Almonds was a ton of fun. If if you guys haven't had a chance to check that one out, 
So, Sammy, what is it we do here? All right, we always keep it nerdy. Graphically Novel. Three brothers tackle a different graphic novel each week. Listen as the brothers Fugit discuss classic and not-so-classic graphic novels. Subscribe now on your podcast feed of choice. Graphically Novel. Three brothers who like each other but love comics.